Hey guys, this is another episode of 81 Points, and today we, uh, we're celebrating Christmas. We're celebrating uh, mm-hmm. a big Lakers victory um, that they uh, had over the Warriors on Christmas Day. Um, that was a good win. A lot, of, a lot of things to celebrate, a lot of good takeaways from that game. Um, has the expectation changed on the season now? Um, How worried are we about... Uh... LeBron's about, nether regions. Yeah, LeBron's groin. Um, you know, we talk about LeBron and what we think his intentions are um, being a Laker. Um, what his, uh, what the franchise's ability is to, you know, bring on other guys. Um, we, we, we go deep on, you know, LeBron's mind. We try to psychoanalyze what he's intending to do out here in Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. um, please enjoy this episode. Um, hope you guys are having a good holiday season. And uh, here is the latest from 81 Points. Welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Okay, this is another episode of 81 Points. Welcome back, everybody. How's it going? Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Yeah, first post-Christmas podcast. Yeah, how was your Christmas? It was good. It was good. Just pretty chill. I mean, can't really complain, right? How was yours? Yeah, it was good. A lot of food and um Yeah, a lot of food, a lot of napping. A lot of napping, a lot of NBA basketball watching. Yeah. Um I think the Lakers played on Christmas, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um so we're we're gonna get to the game, obviously. Um we're actually recording right now as the Lakers are playing the Kings. So um We'll try not oh to. Uh, we'll try not we just to. Watched, um, uh, Lonzo Ball blow a layup. Yeah, we'll try not to be too distracted as we uh, record this podcast. But um, uh, before we get to the game and what happened, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on what is now the most closely monitored groin in <laughs> the city of Los Angeles. So. One of the big might moments. be in the nation, actually. Might yeah. be in the nation, yeah. Uh, I don't think that's too much of hyperbole to say <laughs> that, but uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on well, okay. the injury, what what your initial reaction was, yeah. and you know, just the aftermath and how you feel about everything now. Yeah, you know, my first reaction when I saw it happen unfold live, I was pretty horrified because. <laughs> Just, you know, whenever you see a player uh, land or twist or whatever, like just react um, awkwardly like that on the court, uh, a lot of bad things can happen. And I wasn't, obviously, I wasn't like thinking, okay, this is going to be a torn ACL or anything else, but it was a weird landing. So I I was pretty, I was pretty worried. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's a growing, uh, what is it, growing pole or something? So so LeBron has been diagnosed with a groin strain. Groin strain, right? Um, But that was, you know, 
everyone caught his lips when he said, yeah, I he felt something. a pop. Right, 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 right. So that was worrisome too. So, but every, you know, after the, uh, the final diagnosis, I was, uh, you know, needless to say, pretty relieved, but I know we were talking about this during the game when we were watching, we were texting back and forth. Um, I will still say that I, for me, I think it's not a good sign. I, I know the injury in itself is not anything necessarily to be worried about, but the fact that he got injured and we're, we're talking about a guy who is an iron man, like this guy does not miss games. Mm-hmm. His whole career, he does not miss games. He was on a pretty nice streak yeah. up until Christmas. Yeah. I don't even, has he ever had a growing pull? I don't even. They think. asked him and he said, yes, I think. I think it's a. I think it's a more common injury than people. Yeah. Uh, people believe. People think. Uh, yeah. Steph did had we, a so did he say I think though? That's crazy that he can't no, even he remember. He, I, I'm oh, pretty he sure he said that he did have a groin strain oh, okay. at one point in his career. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, then I guess it's not. It's just you know whenever an old player just gets an injury that's normally that it would that normally doesn't it's it's a sign you know it's it's usually a sign of things to come where oh so you think this is like not an isolated incident like this could be a sign of things to come i'm saying it's very possible i'm saying like you know when when you have a young young player uh you know obviously something like a growing pool is nothing to be worried about you know because those things it's well documented players should you know, and typically do come back hundred percent. Um, but so young players, you don't really worry about that stuff, but with older players, when you look at their history, if they're like, they go from like a picture of health to all of a sudden starting to get injuries that they normally don't get. Yeah. It starts to become a pattern. That's in my opinion from watching sports, you know? Okay. So to me, I think it's something to keep an eye on. Um, especially I want to see how many games he, he misses exactly. Um, but it's just, uh, I, I feel like you just shouldn't, uh, I'm sorry. I got distracted by the very athletic dunk by De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. And every time he, he dunks, I know a part of you just no, dies. We'll get to that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, back to LeBron. Um, you know, I, I, I just feel like it's something that needs to be monitored. So if you, you know, if this becomes just a blip of blip on the radar where he ends up, playing the rest of the season and plays like 75 games or something, I, you know, there's nothing to be worried about, but you know, let's say he gets another growing pull. Let's say he gets a second growing pull this year, or uh-huh. let's say he gets, I don't know, some twisted ankle or something. And he misses like 20 games this year. I'd be worried. I I would think it's very possible. This could be something that's a sign to come. So, okay. I'm just saying at his age, you can't really discount any injuries. And, and chalk it up to whatever. Right, right. You know, okay. even if it's something that's normally shouldn't be deemed as, uh, you know, right. nagging or, yeah. Okay, so I, I have two thoughts on this issue. Um, first, like you touched on it, the guy is unbreakable. Yeah. I mean, we we joke, we used to joke about how we think he's born with two ACLs on each leg. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he might have two groins now yeah. on each side or whatever. It might have grown another. He might have grown another groin, groin yeah. in the process right and, now. And the fact know. that you he's know, Wolverine, he's he's, he's the Wolverine. Yeah. Wolverine. Uh, at the time of the injury, it looked 
it didn't look uh, season ending, but it looked pretty significant, right? Yeah. In my eyes. And the fact that the next day uh, the MRI results came and they officially diagnosed him as day to day is just speaks to the guy's durability and his, his Wolverine. physical gift giftedness he's got facial know? hair but like what like wolverine by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean everything about him is like he does not i just i just don't i can't imagine seeing him injured yeah for an extended period of time right. so that was my first impression and then uh the second thought i had when i saw the injury was i was trying to think about uh some of the most significant injuries that uh the lakers have had over the you know the past like 10 20 years and i was trying to think about how this injury ranks amongst you know the most impactful injuries that the lakers have had mm-hmm. um the one injury that i could think of that really kind of sunk uh you know, the collective hearts of the fan base. Um, obviously, there was Anthony Kobe. Anthony Peeler, right? Oh, wait. Oh, Kobe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. right. Obviously, Kobe's Achilles. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I don't know. I don't know how much of, con- of a contender the Lakers were that year. So the other injury that I, I really just sticks out in my mind was um, either one of Andrew Bynum's injuries. Right. Like, especially the... Especially... Um, the year that the Lakers lost to the Celtics, the 2007-2008 season, um, the team was firing on all cylinders, and this was even before uh, Pau Gasol came to the Lakers. And Andrew Bynum was clearly playing at an all-star level, and then he you know, blew out his knee. Um, to my, to, in my mind, that I remember that as like maybe the most significant Laker injury um, in recent times, and um, this injury, it's it's to uh, it's to a b- bigger player, like a you know an all star, a franchise player. But um, I still don't think it bears the significance of you know what what happened when Andrew Bynum went down. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Like, how well, I- how does this injury? you know, compared to like some of the other, because, you know, one of the more underrated things in NBA history is like how injuries affect outcomes. Like oh, that gets sure. glossed over all the time. Oh my gosh. I mean, do we want to talk about how the Warriors? Yeah. Let's, let's take a trip. Such a, let's take a trip down the injury road and see how, how, you know, injuries to various players completely changes the outcome of how who wins the championship i mean you want to talk i mean if we want to talk about the wars i mean get ready for the salt you might as well call this go ahead salty podcast the floor is yours (laughs) no i mean i I think i'd have to look it up but i don't i don't recall any any team in the nba that has had it that's had been more lucky than this warrior squad i and i yes (laughs) <laughs> yes, I said it. I'm I'm going there. Like their road to championships has been just—it's it, seriously—it's been ludicrous. Um, I don't the, know, me... the one that the one that comes to mind is obviously Kyrie. 
like the first year that they won the championship um, in 2015. Yeah, and also I think I want to say um, I want to say that I think Kevin Love was was out that. That they were both one. out. Yeah, they were both out, right? Which is completely, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. And you then, know? you know, obviously what happened last year to the Rockets. <laughs> CP3. Yeah. Um, I got to, I mean, I have to look it up. I mean, I, okay, so I have to look it up, but it's to give, to get a, uh, to give you guys a, a really good sense of how lucky they, they, uh, they've been. But, um, you know, to answer your original question, I think that the Lakers would have absolutely won a championship if um, if Bynum wasn't injured that one year um, to the Celtics. Shots fired. I know. I, Boston I, and, Celtics fan base right but there. But you know what? But you know what? In And I'm going to say, too, though, in, in the Celtics defense, too, I think it could have been a very different series if Kendrick Perkins didn't get injured. Um. You know the the year it went to Game Seven, uh-huh. like I will concede that. So I'm not. I'm Which not... one's the more significant injury between the two? I'm just throwing you a lob. Right yeah, I mean, I you know, I I might be biased in that, and I I think that's up for debate. Debate. Um, but you know, I I don't think it's any stretch for me to say to feel that, and feel like it's a valid thing to say that had we had a healthy Bynum, we could have won. We you know we should have won that. That, uh, I believe Trevor Ariza was also out yeah. for that final series as well. Right. So, um, you know, that and that right there could have been it could have been a, a three-peat for us for Kobe. And not only that, think about the uh think about the legacy, you know, of Kobe. How much I, I mean his legacy already, already right now is pretty um is pretty in, intact, right? Top 10. Right, but can you imagine if he had a three-peat under his, under his belt on his own, three-time MVP? I mean, and, you know, they would say he has the same number of championships as MJ. He would have absolutely, um, you know, it, it would have done a, 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 it would have made a big difference on his legacy. Yeah, um, I mean, it's funny how things work because the year that the Lakers lost to the Pistons, I think Carmelo got seriously hurt too, right? I was just going to say that a too. Lot of time. Yeah, I was just going to say that too. I think that also... Um, a lot of people were saying that because Karl Malone, you know, if pe- people don't realize he, he uh, you know, he was not a sh- he was a shadow of his, of his former self, but he played great. D. It was a nice shadow. That oh. shadow of himself was still pretty productive. <laughs> yeah, he he was a double double machine. He played decent D. Like he was he was great. So um, that could have made a huge difference as well. And I think. I think the Lakers would have taken that too. <laughs> I just that sounds like it's just really silly. You know, obviously this is a Laker podcast, so um, the majority of the listeners are gonna are gonna agree with this. But um, yeah, I mean, and we talked in the last podcast about how um, Pat Riley ruined uh, the Lakers' chances. Right. You know, when you know you lose Magic Johnson for the finals and you lose Byron Scott too. Um, and the pist- actually that's so that's two Piston championships that should have been ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, it makes a huge difference, but people, yeah, like you said, people don't really talk about that, you know? Um, yeah, obviously like this year, you know, there, there's no expectation for the Lakers to win a championship this year. So, uh, LeBron's injury, um, in terms of outcomes of the season is not really gonna, um, have too much significance when it's all said and done. Yeah. Um, 
So speaking of his injury, how many games would you like to see him sit for? Um, I don't know. I I I really, I don't really have. I don't. I don't know if I have an opinion on that. I just want him to be hundred percent healthy. Like, like you know. I guess what I'm what I'm asking is like how. What what significance would you put into like trying to get the best record possible for oh. playoff positioning? Honestly, I don't put any. I I'm. It's two things. I'm so starved to see the Lakers in the playoffs right. that them just making it, it I'm fine with. But. Um, you know, and plus the the second thing is that I still, you know, and I I still subscribe to the idea that the Lakers' expectations have changed. But personally, my expectations haven't changed. Like I still think this is a developmental year. Um, so, but it, so it doesn't really matter much to me about what seating we uh-huh. get. But I think it it absolutely matters to like the Lakers front office and the Lakers, um, you know, a lot of the Laker fan base too. But. I don't think it matters because in the grand scheme of things, it's still the Warriors to lose, you know? I, I yeah. Mean, it's still, they're such heavy favorites, you know? Yeah. So speaking of the Warriors and speaking of um, expectations changing, you know, the Lakers played the Warriors on Christmas Day. They went up there to Oracle, um, laid the smackdown on the Warriors um, to yeah. the surprise of almost everybody, I would say. And, uh, not only that, to the surprise of everybody, once LeBron went down as well. Yeah, so there were several. Was... So let's let's get into this game. So there there were several takeaways, um, and you know I want to start off by saying like it's just one game. Um, like you said, it's still the Warriors' season to lose. Um, you're not going to see many games where uh, Steph, Clay, and Katie shoot that b- poorly. Yeah. Um and you're not going to see too many games where Lance Stevenson makes every single shot in sight either. Um let's be honest. But uh that was a big stage. Um the biggest game for a lot of these young guys is career in the NBA so far, I would say. Yeah. And Christmas you know, Day. For the most part, everybody collectively stepped up and and played big. So um give us your overall feelings about what you saw in that um, game well you know to add on what you were saying um this game means i think means nothing to the warriors like it it reminds me of when the lakers were the heavy favorites they were three-time champions and we would get blown out by really good team good teams as well yeah they're and, they're fighting they're fighting against themselves at this point like, yeah trying to stay motivated they're fighting complacency they're fighting yeah and so um means but for the on the other side to the contender it means everything in my opinion and i think the lakers having won in really convincing fashion makes a big difference so i'm super stoked about how we won that um to be honest uh i think i would have still have liked to have one with lebron on the floor i know that's kind of weird to say interesting um just because well, what's, yeah what's the logic behind that logic's behind this because you know it's like in the playoffs you're you're not going to you're not going to beat these warriors without lebron so beating a beating the team without lebron 
I don't know. It just it's almost like inconclusive data. It's not like you don't think it's like extra. Yeah, I don't. Extra I don't. Special? Yeah, I don't buy that. Oh, it's extra because, like, we've beaten the Warriors in the past, right? I yeah. Mean, during this, yeah. This this uh, dominant iteration of the Warriors, we've we've actually blown them out a couple of times. I remember Nick Young, the Nick Young years. We've actually like never never at Oracle, but yeah, I right. think no, once but, or twice in at Staples Center. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've done pretty darn well, and you're never thinking like. Oh wow, that's the, could this be you know uh, something you know you don't think that so I just would have liked to have seen LeBron healthy and just the team our best versus their best beating 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 each other you know beating them um, but having said that absolutely because there was a point in the game when LeBron went down like that uh, momentum was it was so clearly on the warrior side. So that was that was to me like probably the most impressive thing was yeah. when you know the warriors cut it down to 2. Yeah. And to be honest like I felt like okay, I was already starting to rationalize like a loss. <laughs> I was like okay, LeBron's out. Of course the warriors go on their run and like what do you expect this team to do when your best player, a guy that you rely so heavily upon is is not playing. Yeah. So I was already like you know in my mind coming up with uh, excuses for why the Lakers couldn't hold on to the lead and, and they lost. But, um, you know, they weathered that storm. Uh, shout out to playoff Rondo. I mean, he oh, showed man. up and just really took over the game for a couple yeah, of minutes there. He um, did great. And, you know, we got uh, we got to give a special shout out to Avica Zubac, who, me personally, I thought he was done. I thought his time in the NBA was, was done. done. I think everybody thought he was done. Yeah. Yeah, because he wasn't, you know, he couldn't even get playing time. I bet Zubas thought he was done, actually. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we've seen, like, these past three games that he's played have been, it's been quite a revelation to see him play. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. So, okay, so overall, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously just, thrilled about the way and i you know and i don't want yeah from what i said earlier i don't want it to think to seem like i was disappointed i mean this was by all like all accounts this was a resounding just just an awesome thing to have for the happens for these like young lakers you know like to win without lebron is is so key for their confidence and stuff too but um to go you know to go through it like individually i would say uh, Rondo, like you said, was really pivotal. Uh-huh. Um, I would say uh, Zubats, but there were a couple players that I were not, I was not too happy about. You know, I can, I, I can guess who you're <laughs> referring to. I, there were two players that I was just not too keen on. Um, one in particular, though. I mean, can you, I'm sure, I'm sure you can, you can. Yes. Who so, that are is. you talking about the, the guy that's just had a pretty nice first quarter here against the Sacramento <laughs> Kings? <laughs> yeah, he has eleven points in the first quarter. Yeah, pretty good percentages. Yeah. But he also blew about three layups, I think, two or three layups it looked like. But so that you know, watching Lonzo play uh, against the Warriors, it brought up something else. Because what maybe my biggest takeaway from that entire game was how well uh, coached. The game plan was mm. like mm-hmm. I thought the scheme, especially on the defensive side, was like on point. 
you know, they they did yeah. what you're supposed to do against the Warriors is, you know, double team Kevin Durant, close out on Steph and Clay Thompson, let Draymond shoot at will at the three point line. Let let the other guys shoot as much as they want. And it worked to perfection pretty much. So um the coaches, you know, if if we're grading the coaches, they get an A. Um but it but on the flip side, yeah, you bring up Lonzo and it's like his role on the team has been pretty diminished, I would say, you know, this season compared to last season. And it's making me wonder, like, we have a bunch of pieces on our team. And do they all fit correctly? Do they all fit well? Because, you know, having having a ball-dominant guy like LeBron on the team uh you you're you're taking you're taking the ball away from a lot of other players as a result of that and so right. um i'm wondering like especially with these young guys are are they good fits with lebron um well and lonzo i think is the biggest question mark right which is which is unfortunate because yeah it's if, really unfortunate if you were to build a perfect player, um point guard complement for lebron it would, I think, in my opinion, it would essentially be Lonzo Ball with a better shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Lonzo Ball is such a rare point guard who can thrive in any system without having a ball the ball in his hands. I mean, that's such a rare point guard. He can impact the game in so many ways without having without needing the ball constantly in his in his hands, you know? Um, and that's that's that plays in perfectly with LeBron, but it's just that his shot is so bad. I think he's one of the best guards already um, uh, from a defensive perspective, uh, especially against the Warriors with um, with the shooters that they have uh, in their backcourt because, you know, they can switch off and yeah. he's, he's quick enough to keep oh, up with big um, either one and he's, he's big long. enough. Yeah. So like in terms of like guarding the Warriors backcourt, uh, he's essentially like the prototypical guard, I think, you yeah. know, to be able to cover them. Yeah, um, I just, I'm, I, you can't say enough about his defense. I think his defense is, is, I want to say at many times spectacular, like yeah. throughout the season. So, um, but his, I can't get over his shot. Like, it was, it's, it's, it's a game to game occurrence now where I'm so frustrated about his shot. You know. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look up what his uh, stats were actually for and that game. Here's the interesting thing, and so you know, I know we harp on Lonzo and his shooting a lot. So you know, what's kind of interesting though is like, you know, I was thinking why, like, why is it such uh, a problem? You know, like, why are we so like concerned about his shooting? Right? Because here's the thing, like, for example, if you were a Hawks fan. Would you be concerned about Trey Young? Absolutely not. But if you look at well, his, per- yeah, no. Have you seen no. his percentages though? It's bad, but I think it might. I think it's worse than Lonzo's. Really? So he's shooting like around thirty percent from like from I three think right it's, now. I think it might be like way worse. I don't know if it's way worse. He's been playing a little bit better these uh, lately, but um, yeah, compare his numbers to Lonzo. You're not concerned about Trey Young though, because his form is. Gorgeous, I think. I think he has a great looking form, right? Do you, so Trey Young is shooting like twenty twenty five percent from three, right? 
Exactly. But that's the thing. Are you concerned, though? He's a volume shooter, and it's like, if he's open, you trust him to make that shot. I think that's the difference. Yeah, I mean, I and I'll be honest, I have not seen any Hawks games, and I just and I only know this because Trey Young's on my team and he kills my field goal percentage. Yeah. <laughs> but I I've seen his form and I see it's it's it looks great. He has it a passes, pretty form. Yeah, it passes the eye test, you know, and um. You know, and, another example is Clay Thompson. He's like having his worst right. shooting year, like significantly. I right. think he's, I don't think he's ever uh, had a season where he's shot under 40% from three. And yeah. this year he's shooting like 33% from three. But nobody's worried. Nobody's, nobody's like worried. really that worried about Clay Thompson's right. shooting, you know? Right. But and here's, it is a different story with, uh, you know, with Lonzo. Here's another perfect example, okay? Uh, Eric Gordon, right? You you think of this Eric Gordon as a sharpshooter, right? Yeah. Guess what his guess what his shooting percentage is? Is it in the the just, Trey Young just, range? Just take a wild guess. I don't know. Well, thirty percent. Thirty percent is his three point, and Fugel is thirty seven. That okay. is pretty bad. Very subpar. Yeah. That is really bad. Um. You know the other things about that you know Eric Gordon has for him is obviously he has a he has a he has a body of history that you can you know you, you can understand it's it's a it's an aberration right but again you don't have concerns because I think partly because his form is 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 great you know you don't think oh it's broken or something needs fixing when you look at Lonzo you think he needs he needs to get something fixed with his shot. Right. And I and that's what I was thinking about when I was think, wondering like why, um, you know why Lonzo is so concerning and it's because his shot is visually it's just there's just so much wrong with it um, and it, you know, that that applies to um, you know the other guy across uh, you know across the other conference you know Markel Fultz you know it's super concerning because his form is so busted. I think I think the form and the combination of right the mental the mental that aspect of it and too, also right? like his shots are they're like all over the place. It's not like there's no consistency. It's, it's not Whereas like Lonzo's barely, like consistently bad. <laughs> no, I mean I'm, I'm talking about Lonzo too. It's like okay. he he's not like barely missing a lot of threes. Like there he he will. I mean right. we were talking about the airball watch. Uh, you know, earlier yeah, in the season of 2018, um, we've a little bit gotten gotten over that a little bit, but the way he misses shots, it's like he sometimes he's like way off on his shot right. attempts. Um, right. You know, he couldn't even finish that uh, that wide open three in in garbage time after Svi oh, Michaela just broke broke a dude's ankles off. That was pretty. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, you know, there are concerns about. Lonzo and if he's a good fit for the for the team as it's constructed uh do you have any concerns about I think I think Brandon Ingram is another player that people have yeah um yeah raised concern over if if he can play with LeBron <clears throat> um I'm I'm still of the opinion that he can for sure um, I, I, am too. I think his if he's struggling at all I think his struggles are a little bit overblown um also I think he played a good game I like I liked what he brought in on Christmas. Yeah, you know he when was Le- aggressive when LeBron went down, it's like you you needed somebody to look to to score. Yeah, and and he, um, 
he answered the call um, in, in certain ways. So, and here's the thing too: is that I'll always, I'll always love a player more for being aggressive than being scared to shoot. You know, um, so, um, you know, I'll, I like I'll always like appreciate that. Right. Um, and and Ingram was aggressive. The other, but the flip side, like if you compare his aggressiveness versus like Kyle Kuzma. So Kyle Kuzma's the other guy that was like I was not that happy with because you know he had at, a good first half. That's what I say, but like at at the end of the you know the box score, it looks good, right? And I think this is also because of my changing expectation of him because I feel like he he's he's got star potential. But you know Brandon Ingram, he's an aggressive. He aggressively looks for his shots, but I feel like it's usually typically within the flow. Whereas Kyle Kuzma, like when LeBron went down. Kyle Kuzma had this like I don't know if it was in, it was probably intentional. He was like the I'm ultra gonna, the ultra green light. Yeah, he was like I'm going to take over the I'm going to go Kobe on this, and it was <laughs> so frustrating to watch because it's it's like he won't even wait like twenty seconds like five seconds to pass the uh, shot clock. He'll grab it top of the three point key like three feet back from the three point line. He'll he'll chuck it. That team, the the team does that a lot actually, yeah. and I, I'm wondering if that's like by design or Maybe. they. It almost seems like they were co- they they've been coached to play fast, and play with pace, possibly, possibly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just it was extremely frustrating to watch because he, I so that's the thing. I love the aggressiveness, but he he tends to fall into this like when his shots not falling, he doesn't contribute that much you know, to the team. So, um, but I texted you the other day and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been noticeable that his, um, playmaking abilities have, oh, have yeah. gone up though. And that's why my expectations for him this year has changed a little cause he is, his passing has, yeah, I, I feel like he, he definitely has star potential. Yeah. And his, his and his defense is, I think has improved a little bit. As yeah. Well. Yeah. When Tyson Chandler and Javeli are, are healthy and Kuzma isn't, uh, pigeonholed into playing a defensive position that he has she shouldn't has no business in playing. Um, he's he's been yeah he's been great so yeah. Okay. Um, it's still the Warriors though. I mean <laughs> for sure. That's why uh, I'm not that. I don't know. I'm not that concerned about the seating because. That's the thing about LeBron. With LeBron, all you need is just to make it to the playoffs to just have a chance against anybody. It doesn't matter that we have home court advantage. It, it really doesn't. He almost sounds like, um, I don't know, like in other sports, like that ace pitcher. Yeah, I, uh, abs- that's a great. Like I think that's a in, great analogy. Uh, yeah. In hockey, like that goaltender. That goaltender. Yeah. You know. Um, For sure. He's like that ace in the hole. That you know, anything can happen if if he's on your side. Yeah. Um, I but yeah, so. I, you know, it's the way the season's playing out so far, it's almost, um, making our predictions, um, look a little bit better, you know, cause both you and I, we both predicted Western conference finals mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. Lakers and, um, yeah, you know, you, you have your Denver nuggets, you have your, uh, Oklahoma city mm-hmm. thunder. That's they're They're putting up good records right now. Um, but I, w- I would take this Lakers team as constructed against those teams right now. Um, and, you know, 
in my mind, like the Warriors are the only team in the Western Conference that um, have like a clear advantage over the Lakers. Um, yeah, I would go to war with a healthy Lakers squad. I would go to war with any team in the NBA, actually. Even against the even against this Warriors. I said, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, aside from the Warriors. So any team in the East, also. Yeah, I, for sure. I mean, LeBron is still LeBron. He still owns the Eastern Conference. You know, like yeah, that he, is true. You know, he's yeah. I, I don't think that's changed. Um, yeah, actually, one thing, one one more thing that I also wanted to say um, about the shooting and Lonzo's shooting woes. Um, something else that I saw recently that shocked me was that. Did you hear about Ben Simmons? The shot he recently made. Oh, uh, it was like the longest field goal that he's made in his career so far, right? That is insane. What is it like a twenty footer? It was a twenty two foot shot. Um, a long two, essentially, right? Yeah, it was a twenty two foot shot. That Did you see made. the shot too? It was yeah. like a bailout turnaround yeah. fadeaway. Yeah, um, yeah. That shocked me because before that, it was a twenty foot, sh- uh, uh, twenty foot shot, twenty foot uh, two pointer. So his two longest shots is a twenty-two foot bailout, and I don't know what the other twenty-foot shot was. That is crazy, actually. Um, well, that it, that kind of that kind of proves to you like how talented he is, though, because he's yeah. still you know a star Impacts. player, even though yeah. even though his shooting is worse than Lonzo's, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, he's just taller. Uh, more athletic. You know his um, form do doesn't things. look bad though. That's his form looks saying. pretty bad. Oh, is it? Yeah, it looks pretty bad. Is it? Is it? As, it's not as bad as Lonzo's, though, right? I don't recall it looking that bad. Oh, granted, I've seen a lot. Of Lonzo has a more fluid form than uh, Simmons, mm. but uh, there's like a hitch in I think in Simmons. Oh uh, yeah, you can't have a in, hitch in, in your jumper. Shot. Yeah, like people are saying that he's not shooting with the right hand. Yeah, like he should that. be shooting right-handed that. instead of left-handed, which <laughs> that's if, crazy. If that doesn't tell you that you have a shooting problem, then you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised that you say that. Um, uh, you would pick this team over any team in the East because you know Toronto's looking good. Yeah, Boston I, has a deep I, squad. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I think uh, I, if you were to see the Lakers play a seven game series with any with the, any of the three top teams, so Celtics, uh, Toronto, and uh, the Bucks, and those teams beat the Lakers, I'm not going to sit here and say I'd be shocked or surprised. I I would say that's very believable. But I would all I'm saying I could also see the Lakers beating them too and not be surprised. Is is all I'm saying. Like I I like our chances because. LeBron is still LeBron. Um, you know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing. Um, I'm hearing your level of expectation right now. Um, <laughs> well, it's. A, I mean, I. I feel like I have a different level of expectation for this team than than you do. Really? Yeah. Okay. So what's your level? What's your expectation? Well, even though like the result is probably the same. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um. I, I feel like because for a lot of these, um, for the young players on the team, like this is going to be their first go around in the playoffs. Right. And so um, you can, it's only natural for them to um, be slightly um, 
just like there's a learning curve, I guess, to playoff intensity. Oh, know? absolutely. And I, so, I believe that. Because yeah. this is going to be their first their first um, shot at the playoffs, you know, I'm not expecting them to really um, light the world on fire or anything like that. Mm. Um, but, that, I mean, I think it's the same, though. I, wouldn't you say that you wouldn't necessarily be shocked to see if the Lakers were to beat any team not named the Warriors? Because we have LeBron. Yeah, you know I, mean? I mean the it, it was just speaking to the hypothetical of playing against in one of the top Eastern Conference teams. Oh, I see. Yeah, because um, yeah, you know Toronto, <clears throat> they've. Uh, I, I was very skeptical about Toronto, but um, you know they look really good. Yeah, no, they're legit um, for sure. And you know we think very highly of Brad Stevens as a coach, so. Um, I would be pretty surprised if the Celtics didn't uh, turn it around, yeah. you know, at some point in the season. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, the future is bright. I think for for the Lakers. Um, you know, we talked about this uh, uh, before, but they're they're what one or two star players away, still. Yeah, um, I don't think so. I agree. Yeah. With that. So, uh, you know, um, speaking of star players, uh, did you did you happen to catch that interview that LeBron did with uh, Rachel Nichols? I just caught a small snippet of it. Did you watch? It's like break? a twelve. It was like a twelve minute interview. Um, okay. And uh, I think I think for me, like the most interesting part of that interview was um, when they were talking about um, uh, what Kevin Durant said about playing with LeBron. Mm-hmm. And uh, LeBron said that uh, he was a little bit pissed off at what Kevin Durant oh, said. Right, right, um, right. I know you've been saying, you know, for a <laughs> while now that it's like in the bag that Kevin Durant <clears throat> is coming to the Lakers. Oh, it's in the bag. Uh, did that response from LeBron change your mind in any way? Like, do you think? Yeah. Do you think um, the conspiracy theorist NBA fans? probably think that all the pieces are in place already like all the moves yeah i think next so. summer well whatever's going to happen uh, this upcoming summer the the um the decisions have been made already yeah i think so um I so you're of that, that ilk that, yeah that. because the thing is it's, it's no longer it's no longer about like okay you play things out and then you make your decision um these players are now thinking about their brand. They're thinking about, um, you know, longevity wise, like what, you know, how everything should play out, like, you know, their legacy, um, on court, off court presence, like all those things, they, all that stuff comes into play now. And so, um, these superstars are now about making the, the best, this decision, having thought every angle and these decisions are made like, years in advance and so i'm not you know i'm not talking about the typical role player or even maybe let's say like a a star player i'm talking about the ultra superstar you know and that's like lebron kd um you know who else davis sure like those guys like the cream of the crop and i think those decisions are made um very meticulously um and with their team like these guys have teams now you know who yeah, it's dude. It's it's the day and age that we're living in now, for with sure. like social media and stuff. Like, yeah, for you sure. You know, 
every yeah like you said everybody treats themselves as as a brand now a brand a mogul and so it's funny because like now it's like when players are thinking about where they want to play with like who where they want to play and who they want to sign with it's i don't know how much of it is basketball related as opposed to like everything else like lifestyle yeah um there is a correlation between the two because you know obviously like winning brings about everything right it makes a huge difference but it's Um, like how about if you had a chance to not only win but win in the second or 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 first um largest market you know in the country you know if you're a top five percent superstar in this league you're absolutely considering that you know so i i don't know i don't know how important that is that it's la because there's there's one angle of like the hometown kid coming back and like restoring his hometown franchise to glory like paul george yeah like paul george (laughs) um or whoever like russell westbrook's from la it's like they're not gonna come they don't need to come to la to play to play for the lakers because like a lot of these guys they live in la during the summers yeah so a lot of them are like content to just like do that so i don't know like yeah. this cachet of playing in los angeles like i don't know how significant well of a of a thing that is yeah i, I mean i it, and i agree with you in that sense um but i'm saying now you have a chance to also play with lebron so i'm saying like you it's like you put it into the equation lebron so like before when the lakers were bad you're right i think the times have changed it's not necessarily like okay it's not clear cut like it's it's LA, so obviously you're gonna go there. Um, the world's a much smaller place now because of technology and you know just the world we live in now. Um, in terms of like everything, the Twitter, you know, with Facebook and Twitter, social media, all that stuff. Um, but um, but now you add into the mix the best player in the NBA, LeBron, into the second largest uh, market in in the country. Then I feel like it just it's a game changer, you know. So, so was, a, was it a bunch of bullshit that Kevin Durant was saying? You know, playing with LeBron is like a toxic environment. I think. Well, I, like I'm wondering. Is, like, I feel like as a all... as a guy who is convinced that Kevin Durant is coming to the Lakers. Yeah. How do you interpret his quotes, and I how think, do you interpret what LeBron's I, I response think it's, was? Yeah, I think it's all just them just shitting on, uh, shitting around, just they're having just fun. like yeah, they're just fucking around yeah, with the media. I do, I do think that. I, I mean, that's a total conspiracy theory, like opinion to have. But once KD inks that contract, I'm gonna be able to talk. Say, okay, see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what? I saved that, um, that Reddit post that you uh sent me the link to yeah um and that made a lot of sense did it not i mean i forget what the specifics were but it was like they um you know kevin durant has his guy too like um his maverick carter right so to speak right um and i guess they were he and lebron were in town to like film something together right yeah and i don't know somebody heard that basically kevin durant is going to come to the lakers next year yeah and it was a done deal yeah so i mean based on that based on that uh source 
you're pretty convinced that yeah kevin durant's coming i am i'm crazy i know but i am i'm convinced and just putting the lakers aside right i think also like uh that relationship that he has with the warriors it's run its course in my opinion like you know taking away the whole thing about oh could you know how does he fit with the lakers will he sign with the lakers like the whole thing with the warrior i think the whole that whole team with every, you know people don't realize like to be a dynasty it takes a huge toll you know like right. kobe shack that there's a reason why on all fronts physical yeah, mental emotional it's, yeah it's so it's a crazy shit show like uh success breeds and this is not just in the on the nba level but like in any walk walk of life like success breeds a lot of things not just feelings of like yeah you're on top of the world but there's a lot of jealousy there's a lot of like um quarreling like there's a lot of people who want to who feel slighted who think that they're not getting as much credit um as they should and they think that other people are getting more credit than you are et cetera, et cetera. like it happens in work and it's just it's even more magnified on the nba level you know and i think uh this warriors team has run its course like that's interesting yeah it, it makes sense because like for the warriors like steph is their guy that clear, is without clear question. as day and you know when you watch their games it's like Steph's the one that's getting the MVP chance. It, and and I, KD must feel some kind of way about that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I want to say rightfully so. Steph Curry is, as much as I hate the guy, and I know I shouldn't, and to be honest, you gotta it's, respect, not very lo- you gotta it's not, respect it's not very guy. logical. I admit, it's not very logical. It, he's he's kind of a, he's a good dude by all, uh, by, you know, all accounts. But you cannot deny that that guy is a historic player. He is the greatest shooter of all time. He is, he has changed the game probably, I want to say definitively, actually, more than LeBron. He is, if he is. Ooh, that's. Yeah. You I think he's changed the game more right. than LeBron? Yeah. And I'm talking about how the game's played. Okay. Cause, you know, LeBron is like. Yeah. And, you know, culturally. Guys LeBron, playing with each other, yeah, like yeah. Being culturally, and all that. yeah. Culturally, I think LeBron has uh, made probably a bigger impact. But um, I'm talking about how the game is played. Yeah, Steph okay. Curry has I, I agree game. with that. So you're you're tailoring your uh, teams to to be able to handle Steph, basically. It, but you're also not only that, but you're also tailoring the just to, just to win in general. To win in this day and age now, it's it's very much like let's play like. A bunch of Steph Curry's like everyone's got to be able to shoot a three, you know. Um, yeah, but, that's the thing about that's the thing about winning teams, though. It's like you're always gonna, um, in a certain way, try to like follow that blueprint, right? So yeah, so I I agree with you know what yeah Steph's impact and yeah. compared to like other other players, but yeah yeah. So back to your point, though. it's it's Steph's team for yeah. sure. But back to your point, like I think so too. Like it, uh, exists, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like KD, and we all know how sensitive that guy is. So you know to to be in a city where Steph Curry is like beloved, you know he owns that area. He owns the Bay Area, uh-huh. and he gets the MVP cha- MVP chance. And then you add on to the fact that it's like he's on a team with 
a complete asshole, Dwayne, uh, Draymond Green, who's right? like, he's got to be so annoying, like that annoying little brother, you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you want to say like Steph Curry is clearly the more important player than uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is definitely the more important player than Draymond Green. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, That's not even a question. So, you know, when you have those, just like that incident earlier in the year when Draymond was just... Calling him a bitch. And yeah. All that. yeah. And like, we don't need you. You know, I hope you leave in the offseason. Like, when you have that, it's like, of course, Kevin, you know, Kevin Durant is going to be like, I'm out of here, you know? So, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that that team has run its course. You know, they're going to try to, I think they're going to fix it all and do the whole, like, this is our last dance. Let's just win it. Which I think that that sentiment is very strong, like the right. whole "this is the last dance." Like, so I I think they're absolutely going to win one. But after this year, I think it's all hands on deck. We don't know what's going to happen, and I think Kevin Durant is is on his way out. So speaking to his sensitivity, uh, what 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 makes you think that he's going to enjoy playing with LeBron then? Because, um. Well, let me ask you this: on on a Lakers team with with uh, LeBron and Kevin Durant, who who's the king of LA? Like between those two, I think it's LeBron. Yeah. yeah. So I, essentially, he would be walking into like a very similar situation. Well, I think it's a little different though because I think, and again, like I'm not a I wasn't there. I wasn't a little fly on the wall with their inner conversations but i think uh and this is going to be really funny when kevin durant you know either resigns like goes, with the warriors goes to the Knicks or, or something the Knicks. yeah it's gonna be completely useless podcasting uh um sound bites but you we're know, speculating we're, yeah, speculating we're speculating on 81.6 um yeah but yeah i think you know it's the expectation that it's the understanding that hey you know and this is lebron talking i'm gonna be done soon you know this is soon. This is going to be your team because LeBron is much older than than uh, KD, you know. So it's yeah. not like it's not going to be LeBron. Le- LeBron's and you know I'm going to say this too. Like even with LeBron he- being here in LA, like I don't know if you get this feeling, but honestly, I only feel like we have LeBron on loan. Like LeBron is a Cleveland Cavalier. He is Oh. Yeah, he is absolutely a Cleveland Cleveland Cavalier. I feel I feel like this dude is on loan. And there's the reason why I say that was like recently uh I saw him uh posting something on his Instagram. It was like him posting a uh clip of like a, Cle- a Cleveland Cavalier play. It was like Channing Fry like missing a shot or oh, something. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I know Channing Fry is his boy, right? Uh-huh. But for me, it's like this dude is a Cleveland Cavalier. He's still watching the Cavs play and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and he is—he is born. He's from Akron. Like he is heart and soul. He brought a championship to that to that city. Like he's here just because of business 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 opportunities. Well, and I, I think that speaks kind of to like what you were saying earlier about um, how how players are like more savvy nowadays. Like yeah. Players in general, I, I think, are like on loan, quote unquote, more so than ever now. Well, there you are know, very few guys that are like married to a franchise, like right, like Steph or like Westbrook right. or you know right. whoever 
But so. you know, those guys, like if Steph Curry went somewhere late, later in his career, I would feel like that guy, that, that guy was on loan from the, the Warriors. Like a perfect example is, you know, when, uh, I forget when he was, I think he was on the Cavs, Dwayne Wayne when he was on the Cavs. Right. They caught him like, <laughs> they, you know, they, they caught him like watching like, like highlights of the Miami Heat games. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and they were like, I oh, do just, just, just send them back to Miami. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? some, I think what you're saying is like certain players are synonymous with certain franchises. For sure. And um, you think, um, and, and that's the thing that this, what's so interesting about LeBron's case is that, you know, in the past, those it the reason it feel it doesn't necessarily feel like that is because a lot of times these players are much past their prime. You know what I mean? Like a Dwayne Wade, like yeah, um, like I don't know Patrick Ewing from long back in the day. I think uh-huh. he played a little bit like in um, in Orlando or something. Um, Vince Carter comes to mind, right? These guys that you know they play their formative years in a, at a certain franchise and then they you know, but LeBron is still in his prime. You know, uh-huh. so it's it's like. I think a lot of people are like, oh, man, we got the next Laker great, you know. But I still feel like this dude is on loan from the from the from the Cavs. Like, I mean, you can say like when he was on the Cavs, he was on loan from Miami, maybe, too. Like, I, I don't he know. He could be one of those superstar players that are synonymous with multiple franchises. Maybe. Maybe. I think it's possible. I think I th- but I think you know. I think his the his whole the narrative that he's painted now. He's a family man. He's he's you know the I Promise school that he built. He didn't build it in Miami. He built it in uh, Akron. Akron. Um, he's got this persona of like home can never be replaced. You know, home is always home, and home is in Akron. So, um, and the whole love affair with LeBron cannot be discounted anymore because he brought a damn championship in that miserable ass area, <laughs> you know, in for that, sure, you know, like all is forgiven now, you know? And for me, I almost feel like the Miami years, that was his college years. <laughs> he went to go. He said it himself. Like, that's how he felt. Oh, like did he, he say going, that? Like he was going to college. Yeah. Okay. hundred percent. That was, I didn't know. That's not even the, I no, don't know if I ever heard that. That was in like, his, um, you know, his sports illustrated, like that's letter so funny. when he came back to. Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. I've never read that. I never, but, um, yeah. Okay. Then yeah, he even said it himself. And I, I actually, I absolutely buy that. It's such a great analogy, though. You know, like it does feel like it's his old, uh, college years because Miami is also like a sweet place to, to be if you're yeah. a superstar. I was gonna say a single guy, but I mean, <laughs> but you know, um, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, I think that that doesn't. I mean, I still love the guy. He doesn't discount anything, and I think he could still very much get his number retired in L.A. Um, and the only okay, so having said all that, the only way I think like maybe the it's like the image may shift a little bit is is this okay? Is that he, uh, LeBron James? Let me say uh, all the things that he still has on his list that we don't know, right? I'm sure this championship, more championship, bring a championship to L.A. is on that list. The one thing that's still on his list that is absolutely on there is he wants to play with his son. Right. Where he plays that, where he where that plays out, where that happens is is going to shape everything. So if he does that in LA somehow, they do that on the Lakers, he plays with his son. Then it's like he is a Laker like he's not to me in my eyes he won't be on he he was not on loan. 
he basically came here to make this his second home. It was his next chapter in his life. Hmm. If he were to, if his son gets drafted, and the NBA finds a way for this to play out in this type of story storybook way, if he gets drafted by the Cavs, he's absolutely going back to the Cavs one way or another, and he's going to play with his son, and he's going to end his career like that. <laughs> that I mean, that is that isn't that so obvious how that would play out. You you don't think like a champ just like winning a championship uh would make him feel like a uh, a true Laker? Yeah, I mean it's I think I think that's all it takes personally. Yeah, I mean he's a true Laker, but you're not going to associate him with like Oh, he's a Laker great. His his story is ingrained with Cleveland. Like this is He's he's an Akron boy. See, I don't I don't fully agree with that because like we we've seen examples of like people like going to other franchises and like like who who would you say Kareem comes to mind? Did he win a championship? He won a championship with the Bucks. Um, Walt Chamberlain. I would be curious to know how many years he played in the lake on the Lakers. I if I remember, he played like uh, over ten seasons. I would say yeah. Yeah. Which makes a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, he was on... I don't, I don't know how many years he played on the Bucks, but... Um, also, the scrutiny yeah. is a little bit, you know, I think it's a little it's a little different. This uh, I'm just... I ascribe to the theory that, like, winning cures everything. And, like, that that's, like, the number one factor in a player's legacy and, like, how they're remembered. So Well, that's the thing. I, I, I guess we do differ in that. And I think, like... You, it's it's I feel like it's two different things is that he can still uh it's a whole like who are you synonymous right with, with right and it's like it's kind of like uh baseball hall of fame when you become a hall of famer you go in there with a cap right and these hall of famers a lot of these players have played with different teams uh-huh. if if LeBron was going to the Hall of Fame. The cap he'd be wearing is with the Cleveland Caps. They don't. They don't wear caps. They though. don't. That's what. I, but that's what I'm saying. Like you know, that's what you're. That that's what I'm getting at. You know, is the whole, uh, uh, you know, synonymous with. You know, um, yeah. That's the only like analogy that I can I can make it. You know, like Mike Piazza. I damn wish he would he would go into the Hall of Fame with a Dodger cap on, but he's. You know, he was going in with the Mets, you know, so, um, and he, why? Because it's not like he even won the World Series with him. He, he had those memorable home runs during the 9 11, uh, stuff, you know, and for the, uh, the, the New York Fire Department. I just remember know? the home run he hit like out of Dodger Stadium. Like, I mean, that was yeah. sick, but, yeah. but no one cares because that was never a, and no one outside of LA cares because that wasn't memorable, you know, um, everything, everything LeBron has done and all the memorable moments. The ones that are lasting, you know, like the true NBA fans will obviously remember, the historians will all obviously remember all the, the impact he made in Miami and the stuff he'll do in LA. But he's he's a he's a Cleveland clap cap, you know. So and I think, you know, back to my main point is that he's a Cleveland cab at heart, is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? And that's what I mean by he's on loan. So you think like And I don't mind that. I don't mind that. He's he when I see him play, I'm like I I want that. I need that. The Lakers need that. I'm so glad he's on the Lakers. He so he's not a true he he's he's a Cleveland Cav at heart because he wants to be or because the fans are shaping it that way. Because I feel like it's a little bit of both. Like I don't think he's coming in. Obviously, yeah. I I to some extent like 
he's he's using LA in a, in a sense, right? Oh, to like absolutely. Get whatever he wants, absolutely. Like on and off the court. Yeah, and I'm so, okay with that. I'm okay with that yeah, too. I'm okay with that. Like I don't think that I don't think that takes away from um him like quote unquote being a true Laker or not. Um, but how much of it is like how much of of that perception is his doing, and how much of it is like you know. Come on, there's like so I, many. There, there's a lot of Kobe fans that still are like. <laughs> they I don't, don't. I know personally, true. like a bunch of Laker fans that still do not like LeBron on the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, so I'm like, you know, and I'm I sure mean, being the smart guy that he is, he knows that there's like a huge, there's like a significant percentage of Laker yeah. fans that like still are like not fully in on him. You know. Yeah, but I think that is more. So that's a challenge for LeBron. I think LeBron views that as like a challenge, you know, like if he brings in a, a championship to LA or one or two, um, like you said, winning cures all. And he'll be, he'll be on that Mount Rushmore of Lakers, in my opinion. That, that to me is like the number one and only thing that's going to determine like how he's remembered by Laker fans. Like if he wins a championship, um, then it's going to be all good. And I'll and I'll and I'll you know expect his jersey number to be retired yeah. and everything. If he doesn't win, he's gonna get barbecued, fried, like just killed by Laker fans. Yeah, and people will then be like, "He was just a Cleveland Cav," which is what. <laughs> <laughs> well, what see, but say. see, you know, other people. I mean, yeah, people say that, and they almost say, but I think for LeBron, like he loves that though. That's why I'm saying he's a Cleveland Cab at heart, you know? So, um, yeah. You don't think, like, the fact that he hates Dan Gilbert has, like, well, affects that at all either? No, I think he's he's separated the fact that, like, Gilbert is just a terrible human being. But, you know, like, like for, for me, if I, like, if, you, if I were to put myself in the same shoes, if I was, like, a... I grew up being a Dodger or Laker fan, and I ended up being becoming like a Dodger, and I became a Dodger, and I actually won a. It was like I brought a championship to the to the Dodgers. I wouldn't care if like the owner was Frank McCourt, who was an absolutely wretched owner. I would leave, but I would still come back thinking, uh-huh. remembering you know that I was a Dodger, right? You know? So right. I I think LeBron has, has separated that. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I actually saw like um this thing on YouTube recently of um, they were interviewing um, Corey Maggette, uh Quentin Richardson and Darius miles about like the Clipper days with Donald Sterling. Yeah. And they were yeah. talking about Donald Sterling and, and like, like you said, they were all like, yeah, he never did anything bad to me. Like they're, he, I mean, they, they always paid, got their checks yeah, on time, they got checks, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, maybe LeBron will, um, but this, but then Gilbert this, personally like just <laughs> went hard on him. Though, he did. Once he left. I mean, Gilbert said uh, he's so dumb. But the other thing too is is I know is on LeBron's list is that I and it's been I mean I'm not the one just I'm not the only one that that thinks this but there's plenty of people out there but he wants to buy an NBA franchise. You know. Oh, he said that. Yeah. Um. Someday he's gonna have the money too, and. He's going to want to buy the Cavs, in my opinion. Wait, you think he wants to buy an NBA? For, I, I feel like he's like yeah. headed towards like being like a media mogul or something. Yeah, but I think he's like, oh, yeah, I'll be an owner on the side, too. You know what I mean? 
I mean, that's what Michael Jordan. Like what Matt Johnson is doing yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Matt, yeah. I mean, when you're a mogul and you have that much money, when you can now be a billionaire, um, owning a sports team is absolutely on that list. And I think, you know, on that list, LeBron's not like, I want to own the Lakers someday. That's no, That'll never happen. That'll never happen. Yeah. But also it's like, he's, he's thinking, I want to go back home and own the Cavs someday. You know? Okay. So I guess you don't think LeBron's a real Laker then. No, no, no. So <laughs> having said <laughs> having said all that, I'm I am like I am not a Kobe stan where I despise LeBron. I love LeBron. In fact, probably to the point where I almost find him faultless when he when we when he plays because he his his he fills up the box score in such a way where like it's hard to blame him, but when you watch the games he doesn't play defense a lot so i'm i'm all in on lebron i'm just saying that from the emotional and and mental standpoint of it and and just from the nuance of it like he is a cleveland cab by by heart you know it's interesting i think i think it's significant because like he is he is the type of player and he is in this stage in his career as long as he just hit a three-pointer but he's 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 the superstar in in that stage in his career where they're that's like um in the front of their minds like how they're remembered and like yeah you know what their legacy is so yeah um it sure. is interesting like because i i the, i never really conceptualized <laughs> that he was like oh but i'm a calf i you know? i yeah I, I absolutely do believe that i mean even if he says all the right things like uh this is a thing too like the kind of person lebron is He's a sentimental guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. He's an absolutely sentimental guy. Like, you know, just the documentary. I didn't see it, but I know, like, even the things, like, you hear and, and read about, you know, how he grew up with the, the players, his teammates, and, like, even Maverick Carter, you know? LeBron's, like, a fiercely loyal guy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a sentimental guy. So, like, growing up as, a, you know, having spent his years in Cleveland, um and the whole redemption thing and all that and bringing a championship, it's like, that's not lost on him, you know? Yeah. So I think, you know, is that going to all, you, I mean, that's not going to all change just because he's played like a couple years in LA is all I'm saying, you know? Yeah. I mean, he didn't cry when he won championships in Miami, but he cried when right. he won as a Cav. Yeah. So, okay. So now that I'm, now that you've a little bit convinced me on this, um, <laughs> are you, are you worried? I now feel that? like, no, I feel like for LeBron, being a Laker is like the icing on the cake. Absolutely. You know, it's like a cool feather in the it, cap. It is. Like, and I'm part of this like historical yes, tradition. That's what, that's what I'm going to get. Yeah. He's, he's an historian of the game. You know, this is all like, it's like, you know, we talked about it. He, I think he, he does feel comfortable about his legacy. I don't think he's like satisfied by any means. Uh-huh. This guy is, he said it, he wanted to be, he wanted to be the greatest of all time. Yeah, I, yeah. And I, and I believe that. And, and you know, he can do. He can very much do that if he brings a couple championships to LA, you know. But um, the way I see him and the way he views this is like it's the next chapter in his life, but nothing beats, you know. He he's Cleveland at heart. You know? That so, that you know that championship with the Cavs was that was the most significant accomplishment in his career. Oh, and I don't think I don't think he can do anything that's gonna no surpass way. that. I, I mean, the circumstances too. Not only did he bring a championship, but he he did it against. The seventy three and nine Warriors came back from a three one deficit. Came back from a three one deficit. I mean, it's yeah, it's 
and the context of it, you know, um, having come back after being like having his jersey burned, you know. So, um, and you know, we're are we trying to say, and we're expected to think that all that changes because he just came to LA and he's barely finished a year, you know. So, um, okay. So, so with that said, um, let let's say that Kevin Durant does come to the Lakers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think LeBron would be more willing to share the spotlight with Kevin Durant because he for knows sure. he knows like you know yeah, my, sure. my you know it's my legacy has already been etched in stone for sure you know like for sure I he think wouldn't so. mind um, he wouldn't he may might not even mind like not being the number one guy I don't think so at all yeah. I think LeBron's a really rare superstar who's like I don't care about that I mean. You know, he's going to, if he brought, if Kevin Durant comes to the Lakers, he's going to be remembered for br- help bringing Ke- uh, Kevin Durant to LA. Yeah. You Dude, because that, that shit matters, man. Because, like, yeah. I, I think about, like, because right now, like, yeah, we're we're in the holiday season, but I'm still going to work, which <laughs> which sucks. But yeah. because I'm going to work, it's like, I think about, like, man, people that I, people that I like working with it, it like the people you work with matters so much. Oh, and it's doubt. like, if, if there's a guy that wants to like, you know, take over and like get everything his way that like that just like permeates throughout the entire team. Yeah. And so like, for sure. Um, you know, if, if LeBron does have that mentality, like in our, in, in our like, um, analysis of what we think, how things are, how things are um, fitting right now. It's like, yeah, LeBron is just trying to like cement his legacy. The icing on the cake is winning a championship with the Lakers. He already knows where he fits in, in the history of the game. And he wouldn't mind having another superstar on the team. And he wouldn't even mind to like defer to him. Um, As long as they, as long as keep winning, he wants to keep playing so that he can eventually play with his son yeah, I which think, means like yeah. sharing the load for sure with other. I think we're talking ourselves into a LeBron, KD, Anthony Davis super team right now. <laughs> I mean, that's not hard to do, you know. So, I'm I'm talking about a LeBron Senior and LeBron Junior super team right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not like I have. Have you seen like his son play? I, I haven't really seen no. his son play that much, but no, I'm willing to bet that he's going to be pretty awesome. Sure, sure. So, <clears throat> okay. All right. Well, that that's something to to look forward to yep. in the future. But this talk is like it's gonna be ongoing until you know free agency this upcoming summer. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, enjoy the Lakers right now. Um, well, what's the score right now against the? Uh, I Kings? think it's seventy sixty nine Lakers. Okay, close game. Um, and actually, Lonzo's played really yeah, well. Yeah, I actually we actually saw him hit a couple threes. Yeah, it's good. So, um, I think we can conclude the podcast now and, uh, (laughs) we can sit back and watch the rest of this game. Um, just quickly on this game, like win or lose, I don't think it is really going to be that significant. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll have to see like how many games LeBron will sit out for. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, you know, kind of pales in comparison to like, the stuff that we've been talking about for the past 15 minutes. So yeah. Yeah. Um, unless you have anything else to say, um, 
I think, uh, I think that's it. So thank you guys for listening and, uh, we will be back with another episode, um, in a few days. So until then, uh, we'll catch you later. See ya. Thank you for tuning into 81 points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.